0: This is the Roots Student Ministry Podcast, where our mission is for middle school and high school students to establish strong roots in their relationship with Jesus by connecting in the body of believers, growing in their knowledge and faith, and going to serve the community and the world. If you would like more information about us, check out our website at icrossroads.org roots, or you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at CSM Roots. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Hey guys, welcome to week three of our series called The One. And in this series, we've been talking about dating or whatever you wanna call being more than just friends. So when I was a freshman in high school, I had a thing for hanging out with girls. And I especially had some like crushes on girls that were a year older than me. Like I was a freshman, and they were sophomores. And one of them was, she was a new sophomore to the church and I, I got to know her at winter camp. And I thought to myself like, man, like I wanna start dating this girl. Now, dating at that age didn't really mean much. It meant that we talked on the, our wired phone that was connected to the wall every once in a while, and we hung out when we were at church. And we may have held hands once or twice during my youth pastor's sermon too, like, but whatever. And I really thought our relationship was strong for about three whole weeks. Then everything just fell apart. My feelings for her changed when I saw her flirting with other guys in the youth group. And during one youth group night, like it was actually our month anniversary, I knew what I had to do. And I I got to the church, I walked up to her and I said, hey, can we talk? And I think we all know what happened after that. And I think I was sad because I really liked this girl, but I also was relieved being able to not have to worry about getting her gifts and things with money that I didn't have as a freshman in high school. And so since that time, I had a lot of relationships and and they ended up in breakups. Some done by me, some done by the girl. Every relationship that ended had some sort of emotion attached to it. Ones that I thought would just last forever, they turned into some really hard emotions that I had to experience. And ones that I knew it it just wasn't right. The emotions just, it wasn't as bad because I just knew it wasn't going anywhere. But every breakup has an emotion attached to it. And maybe you've never thought about it this way either. The truth is every dating relationship is going one of two directions. You'll either stay together forever or you'll break up. And there really aren't many other options in between. And the likelihood of marrying the person that you are dating now in high school is honestly pretty low which means that at some point, whether you're dating now or in your future, you're probably going to experience a breakup. Now, if you are here and you aren't dating, even though it may not feel like it, it, this is for you too. This is for anyone at some point who will be in a relationship, whether that's now or that's later. In fact, if you aren't dating right now, it's even better because by the end of this, you will have some more insights on how to handle a relationship ending before even actually getting into one. In other words, no matter what your current dating status is, having a plan for how to handle a breakup is a good thing. So let's go ahead and state the obvious. Thinking about a breakup is about as fun as getting a tooth pulled. Nobody looks forward to it. Nobody's sitting there around thinking like, oh, the dating thing is fine, but I can't wait to break up with someone one day because breaking up is the worst. That's probably why there are all sorts of terrible ways to do it. There's the sending a not so subtle text message, like woof, not, not a text message. This one's terrible because texting to break up leaves a ton of unanswered questions and a very little room to care for the actual person their emotions, and their opinion on what happened, and you just don't even care about it. Always opt for face-to-face. And even worse than just texting is just through Snapchat, because everything disappears once it's seen, and then you sit there and you ask, like, okay, was, was that a dream, or is this real life? And it leaves so many questions still left unanswered. Another way of breaking up is just ghosting. Maybe you've done that, maybe you've experienced it yourself, This happens when someone just stops answering texts, stops liking your stuff on social media, stops returning phone calls. They don't respond to anything, and this may feel like it spares the other person's feelings, but let's be honest, if there was a conversation to start dating, there probably needs to be a conversation to stop dating. Everybody responds to ghosting differently. Some people wait silently, and some people text ferociously trying to get a hold of them. Some people stalk the other person on social media but everybody analyzes, what did I do wrong? Why did they do this? That's because it feels like rejection. Ghosting feels like rejection, and rejection is always painful. The next one, the it's complicated breakup. This is the one where no one actually knows if you're still together or not, and honestly, you're not even sure if it was ever official. You just know that something changed and the vibe is no longer the same. And this is tough because when you don't clearly define the relationship, you leave all sorts of room for misinterpreted signals, hurt feelings, and awkward interactions. And when you don't clarify the, the new expectations of the relationship, things can get really messy really quickly when someone wants out. Another one, uh, another way of breakup, or maybe you've seen this before, is public war. You've probably also seen a breakup go down in a very public way. It gets dramatic, doesn't it? There are two sides and each person is trying to recruit everybody on their side and they try to convince all the mutual friends to trust their side of the story. Both sides try to make the other look as bad as possible. Two hurt and angry people who used to like each other a lot are now inviting others into their fight. And that is a mess that has the potential to make a lot of people hurt and angry. And that's why we're talking about this. Because when it comes to breakups, two things are true. Number one, all breakups are tough. And number two, some are worse than others. And no, there's no magic formula that makes breaking up a good time for everybody. It is however possible to control the level of damage think of it like a volcano. No one wants to be around when a volcano erupts, but we know it can happen. And when it does, it can be pretty devastating and damaging. But over time, what we've learned from like even tribal people in the South, uh, the, uh, South America, people have adapted to actually live near these volcanoes and have learned how to reduce the damage the volcano has on the surrounding communities. They create little ditches for the lava to flow through, so there's less chance that their community gets damaged. So the question that we are trying to answer is, when it comes to breakups, how do we minimize the damage? How do we keep from being a full-blown active volcano that we're standing right in the center of? In other words, is there a way to, to date someone and then stop dating that someone in a way that isn't catastrophic? And to answer that question, I want to look at what a guy named Paul said. He was one of the earliest and most famous Jesus followers, and he also happened to write a big chunk of the New Testament. Whether it was dealing with family, friendships, or work relationships, when Paul wrote to his church friends, he often included some, here's how God wants you to treat the people around you, wisdom. And since the person that you date and possibly break up with fits in the people around you category, we're going to look at some of his advice and apply it to breakups. So in a letter to the Christians living in a place called Philippi, Paul says this in Philippians 2.3. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So let's stop there. Selfish, Selfish ambition simply means anytime it's our goal to make ourselves look better than someone else, especially at the expense of someone else. It's something that we do all the time, but particularly when we're hurt by a relationship because we're more inclined to act out of selfish ambition when we've we've been hurt, sort of as like this defense mechanism. And this is true in dating and in any other relationship where there is a potential for hurt. You don't have to be dating to know what it is like to act selfishly and for your own good. So have you ever seen somebody go through a relationship or friendship drama and insult that person on Instagram or tells everybody who will listen about how awful the other person was or pretend that they're totally fine and didn't really like that person anyways or spread lies or tell secrets about that person? Or have you ever seen somebody break up with someone and and say something like, it's not you, it's me, to make themselves look better? Or maybe, maybe they blame someone else for their decision to end it. Or maybe they blame God for their decision to end it and say, okay, God's just telling me that we need to end the relationship. Or maybe they make it about needing to work on themselves without giving any clear explanation of how that led to end of the end of the relationship. Chances are, if any of those are the case, selfish ambition is, is playing a part. And Paul is saying that this is a bad idea for everybody, especially Christians. This is not something that we should do. So he goes on in Philippians 2 verse 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. And so this is tough to do in regular life, and it's especially tough when breaking up. It's so tempting to think of people who who we are breaking up with or who are breaking up with us like they have no value at all, like they're worthless or they're terrible. But the truth is, they aren't. Just because the relationship isn't working out now doesn't change that they're a valuable human being. Basically, Paul is saying, that, saying to treat them that way. It's important to note that this doesn't mean a breakup shouldn't happen. Sometimes the healthiest thing to do is get out of a relationship that isn't great for you. But even when a relationship ends, you can refuse to wish bad things for the other person or say bad things about them. You can look out for what's best for them. In other words, you can handle the breakup in a way that shows that you care about the other person's life and what happens to them, even if this dating thing isn't going the way that you want it to. So Paul doesn't stop there. He goes on to say in Philippians 2.5, and your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He spends the next few verses unpacking what that means. But for the sake of this conversation, let's focus on two ideas. The first one is important if you have ever been or ever will be on the receiving end of a breakup. The first thing is, is Jesus never forgot who he was. And here's what I mean. Jesus was a son of God. He knew he was a son of God. And no person he met and no rejection he experienced changed that. So something is true for you. In fact, every person on this planet was created by God and in God's own image. That means that you have value and are made to reflect your creator to the world around you. So don't let someone that you date make you feel like anything less than valuable. A breakup is brutal, but it doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change how much God loves you. It doesn't change how much God cares about you. It doesn't change that you were created with a purpose. A breakup doesn't have to break you down and make you forget who you are. The rest of what Paul says to the Philippians shows us something important about Jesus' attitude. He continues in Philippians 2, verse 5-7. through And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So the second thing is, follow Jesus' example of how to treat others. Even when people offended and, and rejected Jesus, he didn't mistreat them. He looked out for their interests. Not only did he want, them, uh, want what was best for them, he did what was best for them. So for us, that means when it comes to the people who have broken up with you or who you have broken up with, have the same attitude towards them as Jesus had towards those who offended and rejected him. Again, that doesn't mean that you can't ever break up with someone. You also don't have to be friends, stay in contact, or even not be frustrated with the person that you break up with. It just means that you still see that person as Jesus does, loved, respected, and valued, and then treat them that way. Now, just because I I told you that a breakup will probably happen at some point in your life doesn't make it any easier. I get that but hopefully you can see that it doesn't have to destroy who you are. So think of it this way. A breakup doesn't have to break you. So to be clear, we're talking specifically about high school relationships. Sometimes parents break up and that can feel like it's breaking you. If you're facing a challenging time at home, please talk to a trusted adult and find the support that you need. Maybe it's your life group leader. So whether you're dating someone now or you hope to in the future, here are a few things that you can decide before a breakup happens that could help minimize the damage. The first one is decide that you'll treat them with dignity. That may mean that you have to set some rules for yourself. Maybe for for you that means that deciding that you're not going to try to build an army of people who don't like them or start a war. Or maybe it means that that you're not talking to them frequently if they still have feelings for you. Make rules like, I refuse to talk bad about them in person or on social media. Or I refuse to treat them in a way that would dishonor them. And the second thing is, decide decide you'll treat you with dignity. No matter who does the breaking up, everybody feels hurt in some way. And when you're hurting, you're more likely to make decisions that make things worse in the long run. So refuse to do anything that will, that will hurt you because of a breakup. Maybe that means not going to a, a party that they're going to be at. Maybe that means not dating someone new immediately just for payback. Maybe it means refusing to spend all your time obsessing over their social media. Whatever it is, you can treat yourself with dignity. But here's where it gets tricky. And these kinds of decisions don't come naturally. Often your natural response will be towards selfish ambition and hurting someone else to make yourself feel better. That's why you're also going to need people by your side to help you process your feelings and stick to your decisions. You need people who will call you out when you want to lash out at your ex and encourage you when you want to dishonor yourself. That could be your life group leader, it could be your parents, or maybe just a few close friends who you trust. But whatever it is, these are the ones, these people are the ones that you can count on to be there whenever a breakup happens. In our our culture, most people, teenagers and adults, they don't handle breakups well. That doesn't have to be your story. A breakup doesn't have to break you or the other person, and you can actually honor God by honoring them. So whether you are in the middle of experiencing a breakup right now or your first breakup is years down the road, this is true for everyone. A breakup doesn't have to break you. So when you treat others with dignity, you demonstrate the character of Jesus. You show people what he's really like. And while it won't come naturally and may not be easy, it's possible to weather the storm and have a stronger faith and character on the other side. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for anyone right now who may even be watching this and they're going through a breakup right now and they just feel uh, like they're hurt. Maybe they've even lashed out at their old dating partner. Uh, God, I just also pray for anyone who's watching who maybe will be going through a breakup in the recent future uh, or soon to be future. And so God, I just pray that you will protect their hearts and help them know that Uh, who they are in you, and that the relationship status does not define them, and that we are who you say we are. And so, God, we just pray that we can rest in you, um, especially when we're going through the hardships of a breakup. We trust you, Jesus, and we love you, and we pray this in your name. Amen.